Welcome to the Modern Enlightenment Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tom and Will Connect. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Modern Enlightenment Podcast. Again, with your hosts, Will Connect and Tom Connect. And uh, Tom, what do we have in store for these folks this week? Well, as promised, this week we are going to be talking about the role of family in society. The role of family is, I think, uh, an important one. It's the most important thing, I think, for all of us, ultimately. And I think what's really cool about family is family is a microcosm of the society itself. Wouldn't you agree, Will? Absolutely. Yep. It all starts with the family. And um, the, the family is sort of the, the factory for um, members of society and so yeah. if the if the factory is not producing good goods then society isn't a good product either yeah exactly and so so that what we do in our families to some extent ultimately reflects how we behave in society when interacting with other people and that's why uh, we're talking about this topic today in our last episode we spent some time addressing the problem that we saw in society, that those 10 main ideas that were problematic. And we also provided the 10 main solutions of those things. And we'll be integrating those different concepts throughout this presentation about family and future presentations about education, government, religion, et cetera. Um, so to get us started, uh, as we were preparing for this, I was drafting my notes and coming up with the, the key points that we wanted to make in the topic. And I, I was kind of taken aback when on Sunday, I sing at a, a local church, St. John the Divine in uh, downtown Houston, and the pastor of the church started preaching on the same exact topic. And I was like, Whoa, what the heck? You know, religious people out there might say, well, that's divine intervention. Synchronicity. You know, it just, just goes to show you, you know, God's always listening. And so while I was listening to the sermon, uh, I heard him talking about a Jewish a social commentator named Yuval Levin, and uh, this is what the pastor had to say. This is what the pastor had to say. Something new, and it is a resigned passivity. Would that we did actually have a little more energy. The reason there are fewer divorces Sounds like good news. Well, because there are fewer marriages. The reason there are fewer abortions, well, there are fewer pregnancies. The reason there are fewer teenagers getting into car accidents is because, well, there are fewer teenagers even taking the time to get their driver's license. So I want to quote, the challenges to America's social order now seem less like exorbitant human desires driving people's lives out of control and more like an absence of energy and drive, mm. leaving people languishing and enervated. The study reveals for many an excessive risk aversion, feelings of inhibition even to express oneself to another, more people living as functional loners, using their phones for everything to order their food to be the primary means of communicating with other people rather than face-to-face. -face. And rather than going through the whole sermon, uh, I think it's really important to push people towards the direction of this document by Yuval Levin, um, which talks about, you know, the status of humans in our society today. And it all comes from um, the document itself is uh, 
the changing face of social breakdown. And you can find it by going to thedispatch.com. You can also Google search that, the changing face of social breakdown. And it's really interesting to, to look at what this, uh, this sociologist is suggesting about the progress of humanity. And all of it boils back to the family because the family is the core functioning starting point of all of these different changes. And, and what took me back, the, what, what kind of struck me the most was the concept of resigned passivity. Right. To just be content with not caring. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's, it seems as though, um, you know, we hear this term being uh, getting jaded. And it seems like that, like the idea of, of a person becoming jaded um, is, is happening at even a younger age. It's like you're, there's, uh, there's just this, this notion of, I just don't want to deal with it anymore at all. I'm just going to, like this, like you said, be a loner. I'm perfect. I'm perfectly happy just sticking them, uh, riding solo in, uh, in this existence and um, trying to avoid all the hassle of actually having to deal with other imperfect human beings. What's, what's even more amazing about it is we ask ourselves, why are there so much new commentary about mental illness? Mm. And a lot of it, I think, stems from that exact problem. You got it. That people are content to be alone, and yet they find that they are lonely. Yeah. Well, of course you're going to be lonely if you've chosen to alienate yourself from the rest of the world. If you're not having that involvement with other people, it's part of the social right. disorder that comes from social s- separation. Yep. And I think that, and the, and the same thing with, with that, um, that mentality is you miss out on how, um, truly rewarding it is to, uh, to, to, do something for someone else. Um, you know, when, when it's one thing to, uh, to, like they said, order your food delivered and not have to go out and interact with anybody and just sit at home. But wow, when you actually, um, that sense of, uh, of reward for, uh, having this wonderful interaction with someone when you do, whether you're doing something kind for them or whether they're doing something kind for you, even if it's just a, a smile and a and a compliment in, in some way, shape or form that can go, uh, that can work wonders to um, improving your day or, or the, the course of your week. And ultimately all of those traits and characteristics will, I believe should be first taught at home. You got it. They have to be first taught at home, in the family, by your guardians, by your parents. Even if you have non-binary parents, which is becoming more and more popular, mm-hmm. uh, that that's the source that where it all begins. You got it. And and part of that uh, of that that skill set is, yeah, you have to be uh, uh, taught to sort of thicken your skin a bit, have a little bit of resilience um, out there. And, um, and, you know, like they always say, kill them with kindness. I think that the, you know, it's a harsh world. There's, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's bullying. There's just, um, I'm better than you are. Look at me. I'm so great. Of course, everyone in their fantastic, um, uh, you know, 
pristinely portrayed lives on social media. Um, and then, you know, if everyone else is feeling like they're just not even close to having a, uh, you know, it's a good existence. It's just, it's a recipe for disaster unless you're sort of taught that this isn't reality, um, you know, and, uh, and when it gets tough, you just, you just got to learn to grin and bear it, roll with the punches, as they say, and, um, and keep shining through. Yeah. So you've all led in. Again, this is our, our main thought of the day. What is going on with our society? I think he points it out, expresses it very well. What is changing the face of social breakdown? And so let's dive into the concept of family a little bit deeper. Okay. Uh, let's first start with parents and guardians, Will. Uh, yeah. Would you agree that parents and guardians need to function as a team? Absolutely. That's what, paramount, especially in today's world. Is What's the split? If you had to say like 60, 40, what's the split on terms of responsibilities and roles in the household? Yeah, well, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's it. You know, nowadays in 2021, soon to be 2022, we're looking at a 50-50. Um, you know, we're all working hard. We're grinding outside of the house to, to uh, earn an income. We're grinding inside of the house just to keep 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 a household and and uh, and raise a family. And that, that's a 50-50 endeavor uh, so from, do, from start to, to finish. To that extent, do gender roles still exist today in the same way that they did in, let's say, the 1950s? You know, uh, I would say a sh- sh- uh, short answer is no, um, but I would also say that the um, we still can't uh, we still can't uh, argue that uh, there are certain things that both genders are far more equipped to uh, to take care of to handle. Absolutely. I-, I agree, and just because your wife might be better at hypothetically speaking and to accommodate the gender role. Your might, wife might be more accommodated to clean and do domestic things, cook mm-hmm. in the kitchen, for example. Doesn't mean that as the spouse, as the husband, that you can't get in there and chop some vegetables and run the dishwasher. You got it. Or if um, your husband, yeah, or, or if your husband's sick or, or, you know, whatever, it doesn't mean you can't get out and push the lawnmower. That's exactly right. Or, I mean, or if the, the husband might be more inclined to go do auto mechanic work, you know, because the car needs an oil change. That doesn't mean that, you know, the wife isn't out there, you know, holding the flashlight and being a support person, at least showing that it takes two to do the tangoing. Everybody gets a beer, put on some Def Leppard and Sounds like let the good time. times roll. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. So gender roles, I think, have definitely shifted and changed over time. Men are becoming more involved in what's going on at home. Women are becoming a lot more involved in what's going on at work. So the main two areas of focus in every family ultimately boils down to finance and children. Right. How, how do we manage our incomes? How do we manage our debts? How do we raise our kids? What is our support gonna look like for that? Mm-hmm. Now, what, what's really interesting is that as we heard in the the quote from the pastor at St. John the Divine, the amount of divorces is getting lower, but it's also right. because less people are getting married. Yep. So, so why is it that people are avoiding marriage? Maybe it's because they struggle to find that compromise. They struggle to find the, so the solution, mm-hmm. which is acting in a humble way, yep. providing some sort of care and understanding, forgiveness to one another. Ma- and 
Go ahead. Oh, I was I was going to chime in. Maybe it's just sheer um, laziness because relationships are work and no one's perfect. Absolutely, you know, some, and a, some patience a, and compassion and empathy. And when I was a teenager, that relationship that I really cared a lot about did not work at all the way that I expected it to. And mm-hmm. so, you know what? Forget it. Let me just avoid it because it caused too much pain and damage. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot to be said in truth to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so you know, we, we got to find forgiveness for ourselves. And right. I think I th- in your lineup. You know, when you it, the thing the the harsh reality is when you grow up, you know seeing the fairy tales and the prince and princess prince saves the day and the princess and this and that, you, you know, there's this idealized um, relationship, this, you know, love at first sight, yada, yada, you know, but then you get into then the real, real life hits and you go, okay. Um, That's not real. This anymore. is, this isn't how the, the cookie crumbles at all. Yeah. And right. So I'm, I'm going to call out all of those teenagers, young twenties out there that might be listening to the show and say, how long have you been in the relationship with the person who you're currently with? And how long do you need to stay in that relationship before you realize that this is someone I can actually spend my life with? Mm-hmm. What's the, like, what's the breakoff point? Most what people the, I would say. Yeah. You know, what are like, the important qualities that you really need to have? Right. What, what are you looking for in that person? And how long is it going to take you to identify whether or not that person has those qualities? Yep. If you've been in a relationship for seven years and you're not getting married, uh, what, what are you waiting on? Sure. Or, uh, how prepared are you yourself to offer your, your best self to someone else? Um, you know, is, is that do you have to do some work on on me? before you're prepared to take on uh, that next that next mission and i think it's important for people to ask themselves that question because if you're just dating to date then let's not be manipulative of others let's not try to like harangue them let's be completely clear about those types of expectations and if you're looking in a relationship to be more serious about it, and that's also something that I believe needs to be a little bit more at the forefront of the conversation, not necessarily first date. I'm not telling you, go sit down. I'm looking to have children and I want to have a big, no, please don't. No, please don't do that. Um, however, I do believe that if you're expecting to find marriage and you've been dating someone for more than six months and they do not seem that into you, then you might as well find another alternative. Or if you kind of feel like, or or if you kind of feel like you'd just be settling. Right. Like, please don't. Yeah. Move on. Time is valuable. You you only, you only have so many few years while you're young to, to leverage your prime, the primacy of life. Once you find that person who you care about spending the rest of your life with and you recognize it, and normally it's within the first few months you know, you know, pretty soon whether or not you care that much about the person. Speaking from personal experience, I knew about a month after I met my wife that I wanted to marry her Uh, really soon, right away. She had all the characteristics of someone that I, that I knew I wanted to be a part of my life. And I can't imagine my life with anyone else. Um, That's just my own personal experience though, Will. I I can't speak for you or anyone else. Yeah. You know, um, I, uh, my personal experience is just uh you know is having experience um being able to learn lessons the hard way 
realize that uh, because it's it's easy to have um, you know um, f- fleeting infatuations and so forth, um, but there are certain characteristics and attributes that are uh, you know paramount for creating a winning team, which gets us right back into what we're talking about today, which is the fam the family, the family unit. When you find this person that means the world to you, then that cooperation, that 50-50 that we talked about just moments ago, that's where you have to begin as a foundation. All of your decisions need to come together in agreement with one another. Don't go to bed angry. That is one of the worst things you could ever do in a relationship. And then apply yourself to building the community in your household. Build the community through communication, understanding, forgiveness, and definitely, definitely practice humility in case you make those all too often occurring mistakes. Because ultimately, if you are going to have kids, if you're going to raise a family, then you are, uh, as the parents or as a parent, uh, part of a parental unit, the focal point of this this family and, and what the kids are seeing as an example on how to behave, how to handle conflict, um, how to express your emotions in a, in a healthy and constructive way. And in realizing that certainly within the, within the family, that uh, that's a, that's a team, uh, that's a team that you're on for life. Um, and, and everyone has a responsibility in that team to, uh, to make it strong, to make it great. So you've made a family, you've made that decision and taking your family to the next level, you've chosen to have children. So for the remainder of this portion, we're going to talk about the families that have kids because they've chosen to reproduce, they've chosen to adopt, they've chosen to foster, they've chosen to incorporate children into their life, as that example we'll just just talked about. So what is the parental obligation in terms of the relationship with the child? Uh, I believe that parents, first of all, of course, need to maintain the basic needs of the kids, find food, shelter, clothing, and make sure that the kid is healthy and happy and clean. First and foremost, that must absolutely happen. Basic needs need to be met. Basic needs. Basic needs. Absolutely. But then does that really affect our society? Not all that much. That just keeps a human alive. So how do you affect the society? Our solution, it needs to be educated to kids teaching kids the value of patience, teaching kids the value of education, creativity, being able to play and improvise and practice flexibility flexibility throughout the entire process, Uh, encourage giving and encourage teamwork. These are all ways that parents can develop the natural skill in a child to be more flexible and uh, social socially involved with the community outside of the family because they have already seen and experienced those things in their own household. Mm -hmm. Um, Practice humility and forgiveness as as well. Parents make mistakes, y'all. And as a parent, tell your kids, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. That, that is such an important characteristic. And as a parent, ask your kids, how, how can, how can I be better even? You would be surprised some of these answers you'll get. I think it's a great conversation. Once your child gets about kindergarten up, I think a a weekly conversation, hey, how have I been a good parent this week? 
you know, I'll ask my daughter Paige, hey, what have I done that has made you feel happy this week? What have I done that's made you feel sad? And having that heart-to-heart conversation with my daughter helps me recognize some of my own character flaws or some of the great things that I've been doing. So I know to continue doing those things yep. in my relationship with her and Eleanor for that matter. Sure. You know, um, one of one of my stories with my oldest daughter, Austin, uh, five and a half, uh, for those of you listening, she was having a total meltdown um, one night before bed. And it was, uh, you know, on a level, on a scale of one to 10, it was a 10. It was not, not good. Um, and it's melting off the walls because oh, of geez. the thrill of the cry. So, you know, I, I put her in timeout um, to calm down and, um, oh my goodness, it, it just, you know, timeout is, is, you know, you, you you sit, you sit on the, um, you know, on top of the, uh, on the toilet with the bathroom door closed, you know, and, and I mean, it sounded like the Tasmanian devils in the bathroom, um, destroying everything. And I couldn't have this irate, um, five, five and a half year old having a meltdown in there. And, and I, I was expecting to hear the mirror shatter at some point. So I went in there and I had to take it up a notch. Um, and, and, uh, which I, which I, I'm not, uh, you know, overly into that type of discipline, but, uh, took it up a notch and, um, and eventually she calmed down enough, uh, to get in bed the next morning. Um, when we were, uh, we, we did a re a rehash on the prior night's events. And she says, she said, daddy, Sometimes if I ever get that way, it's, it just, it just means I need a hug. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh baby, come here. You know, <laughs> like yeah. the one thing that I didn't think to do, I was like, time out. I immediately went straight for the time out. And then when, when the, when the bathroom was getting destroyed and, and I, and I had to take it up to some spankings, um, the one thing that I could have uh, that I could have thought to do was, you know, just bring this kid in, give her yeah. a little hug, yeah. you know, try Which to is, calm her right down. And it's and and will you know when we were talking about this uh, in preparation, you mentioned perspective, and I think that's exactly what you're hitting the nail on the head with right there. It's yep. like put yourself in the perspective of of the child at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, it, and. Our kids don't know how to communicate with us what they need. They don't know how they haven't been taught that yet. And it's our obligation as parents um, to help teach appropriate responses to teach kids how to express themselves in a way that is understood Um, because it's human nature to cry. It's human nature to throw the fit. That's what we do. As soon as we pop out, you know, we're crying. Sure. And we, we've got to figure out how do, you, how do you coach and educate a young person in order to be a more effective member of the society, which starts at home. And that starts with coaching around those types of events that you just described. And it's hard, y'all. It is not easy because you're like, but, ah! when I have a two or a three-year-old that barely speaks any words how do you get that communication across and like Mm -hmm. you said will it's just a matter of like i need to take a step back it's not about me 
It's not my yeah. personal situation. It's about us together. Yeah. And I should have known better because um, I read, I read a fantastic book um, while I was expecting, uh, well, uh, my wife was pregnant with number with our first and it's called the whole brain child. Um, and it talks, you know, about the, uh, the, you learn a lot about the brain and as, as uh, how it functions at various stages of a young human's development. And um, when these kids are, are, are so young and they start to fritz out, um, well, their brain is, it's really, you know, that lizard brain, um, what, what they refer to as this lizard brain. That's uh, that part of the brain that just um, it, all it knows is, is just un, uh, unchecked uh, emotion, whatever that, whatever it happens to be. So you can't reason with a child that is uh, going ballistic. So you have to calm them down. You got to calm them and, down. And, and once you calm touch, them down. Like hugging, nurturing, soothing. The, they, they call it uh, reestablishing the feeling of the womb by right. rocking gently and swaying the child and making sounds, the sound of blood rushing through the, yep. the vessels of the mother. Help to calm and, and nurture that child back down to a, a state of, of appropriate behavior. Um, when you, where you can then attempt to reason or impart some uh, Absolutely. some type of lesson some or learning. Now, were there no. any, um, I, I know um, we may be running uh, short on time. Were there any other important key, uh, important uh, points of discussion that we wanted to touch on? Uh, um, the only other the thing that I want to say is some people are going to say, y'all are crazy. Kids don't understand it. You have to be an authoritarian in order to help kids establish, understand their place in the world, mm. or you're wasting your time. And my response to you is, is absolutely not. I will talk to my child as though they are an adult in the room, and I will use complicated vocabulary. I'll yep. expose them to all of that. And because of that patience and understanding, my kids are soaking it up like a sponge. Right. And they show and they act in a more appropriate way because of that. Yep. And also it goes back to the, it's not me. It's not my way of doing things. It's not about how I need it to be done. It's about how we together are going to figure it out. How are we going to work through cooperation with one another? You got it. It's not, um, you know, it, it's, it's a fine balance. You can't have a overly authoritarian approach and you can't be a, a massive pushover. Um, however, you do need to have um, what I, what I like to refer to as a collaborative um parenting approach that is, uh, you know, sort of firm in establishing what your expectations are, but collaborative in allowing the, the child to um, propose he, her, his or her own ideas as to um, a solution that, that makes them feel good and, you know, helps you as a parent achieve what you're attempting to achieve, whether it be more uh, attention to chores around the house or uh, working better, doing better in school, better behavior um, and so forth. Yeah. And a couple of easy ways to help build this habit in your family, in your household is a family game nights and reading books together, telling stories with one another, playing yep. music together, um, not screen time together yep. screen time together is not ever going to do this unplug but unplug for a little while and um and talk and talk talk yeah. ask your children how am i doing 
if you had to rate me from one to 10, 10 being the best and one being the worst, how am I doing as your parent mm-hmm. today? Sure. And listen, by all means, we all have to listen. And if we practice these things, I de- the world is not perfect. I tell my daughters, pay attention to the world around you all the time because the world is not perfect. But if 100% of households practice some of these basic tenets, then we're going to be improving the educational outcome of our children. We're going to be improving the cooperative outcome of our children. We'll be improving the empathetic outcomes of our kids. And in doing so, our entire society is going to be able to work in cooperation a lot more instead of in fragmented us against you, ideological differences control us mentalities, we can say, I disagree. And while I disagree, I can still respect your point of view. You got it. You got it. Bro, did you want to hit these folks with some good news? Oh, man, there is so much good news in the Before world. Before we us. sign there off. So much good news. I'd love to. OK, so first of all, there is some good news in this. They have uh, a man who's in Africa, a teenage child, invented a machine that can create an energy source from the cars driving down the road. It doesn't use batteries. It doesn't use solar. It doesn't use wind. It doesn't use any of these other traditional forms of energy that have been created so far. It uses the compression of the car on the equivalent of a geode, and that generates an electric current that was capable of powering 10,000 people's home throughout uh, his little town in Africa. And this is a pretty amazing invention. And and Will, I'm thinking of Houston, Texas, and the millions of cars that are driving down the highways every single second. I'm I'm thinking about Houston, Texas, and the traffic while they perform the construction to get all this installed in the roads. (laughs) Honestly, though, we could probably power the whole freaking United States. So there's enough cars out there. No doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, but where do we, we have to get all the geodes. Dude, geodes are, are all over the place. Are you yeah. joking? It's like one of the most common minerals that exists on the planet. They're fun, uh, to, know, they're fun to go actually, looking for. Um, yeah. Elon Musk says geodes are the future of energy on this yeah, planet yeah. for that exact reason. They, they last forever. They resonate and they naturally create an electric current when compressed. Like what a fascinating piece of mm. technology. Unbelievable. So uh, another piece of good news. They have create, created the blueprints for what they're calling the eighth continent. This is a floating continent that has the potential to exist independently out in the ocean. And filter out. I saw filter that. out all the plastic debris from the ocean as yeah. it's out with, through these large tentacles. It also has itself a generating energy source by having its own turbines built into the the, the material itself, it has greenhouses, people can live on it, they have mm. their own water filtration system. Like, what a fascinating um, idea. And the, yeah. it's a large, self-sustained floating research lab, as big as an island. Um, and this is what people are trying to use to uh, attack the Pacific garbage patch. They're also using, there's also technology to use audio waves or sound waves to channel the plastic debris that's in the water into the the middle of a tube allowing clean water to be filtered out the side and the debris particles to be collected through a center tube Mm -hmm. as a way of filtering out these plastics that right now they're just trying to use giant nets love that Um, so it's kind of cool to see that people are trying to challenge some of these um more difficult environmental issues absolutely you might not agree that global warming or climate change is an issue but you can't 
pass up the fact that there's a crap ton of plastic in the ocean and you know we're all going to need energy you know no doubt listen i think what we all can agree to is that um we live on a extraordinarily wonderful beautiful incredible planet um we which is full of extraordinary incredible wonderful people and cre- and other sorts of creatures and uh you know at the end of the day we should all be working together to take care of it when when you have nice things you take care of them um and that's what i teach you know try to teach my girls uh i say this all the time you take care of your nice things um they should last you forever and and you know um but hey this requires one to actually be a little bit selfless and um that's something that again you you have to learn um starting at the at the family level starting at the family and to close the loop you cannot resign yourself to be passive in all of this you cannot nope. practice apathy in it at all it is all of our jobs to raise the people in this community from the little kids up to the 89 year olds you know it's every, and everyone in between it's all of our jobs to work together sure. to help each other out that's what makes communities strong now we do have differences and that's real and we need to recognize the unique differences in all of us because that's what makes us special and at the same time those differences give us opportunities to uniquely solve problems just like those problems we we mentioned sure and i think we um you know you know just to just to also help wrap it up when you talked about um mental health earlier you know the um one's passivity i think is what can is a huge contributing factor to um the feelings of stress and anxiety that I think a lot of people are going through when you don't, when there is a huge void, we all have that voice in the back of our head that's saying, you know, what a slacker, you you know, you're just not doing enough, you know, no, or even the voices that are saying nobody likes you or you, the things that you're hearing, that are making you want to be passive that are keeping you at home as a hermit. That's the kind of thing that uh, goes away when you actually go out and um, make an effort yeah. uh, to not be, not just, you know, to be a good person and to, and to um, establish yourself as a, as a important factor in someone else's life. Yeah. So, um, Give, give up the resigned passivity. You got it. Actively get involved to whatever little extent you can. Start off you know, if, small. If you're, if you're single, if you're a single bachelor, bachelorette out there, you can still do small things to help contribute in a positive way. You don't have to go and have kids yet, but if you do choose to have kids, that's a great place to start. You right. know, start with your job, with your parents, with your own family. Go home tonight. Play some games, y'all. Have some fun. Laugh together. Mm-hmm. The world's mm-hmm. an amazing place. We so, um, what do you what do you think? Uh, do we have any any uh, teasers on what we can uh, what we have in store for everyone uh, on the next episode? Yeah, it, it's a great great question, Will. So, family is definitely the start of our social in, interaction with everyone, and I believe the next logical place is well, 
the society already has some rules and those rules come from our government. So in our next podcast, I believe that we're going to be tackling the all too controversial topic of government policy. And what's the government's role in all this stuff? Sure. How do we figure out or navigate our way through all that? Sure. So join us in our next podcast, uh, The Modern Enlightenment, as we tackle on big government in the world around you. Absolutely. And where can, uh, where can everybody find us on social media? And, uh, and how, can, uh, how can listeners of this great podcast uh, help us to um, grow and uh, grow the audience and improve as a podcast? Well, first and foremost, if you like anything that you hear here, send us an email. We're on Gmail, themodernenlightenment at gmail.com. It's themodernenlightenment, all one word, at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify. That's where all of our streaming is done. You can find us on Facebook. We have a page on Facebook. Please like, comment, follow in all of those places. I believe we're on Instagram as well. Uh, I think we even have a TikTok that I don't know that we've posted anything yet, Will. Have we we haven't yet. So we, 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 we ought to. And of course, you can uh, tune in. Everything you hear on Spotify, you can actually watch in person on our YouTube channel. Um, again, just look up the Modern Enlightenment podcast and in our link tree as well, which is featured on our, all of our social media sites. You can just click there. It'll take you right to Spotify or right to uh, YouTube. YouTube. Um, like, comment, subscribe and follow where applicable. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, chatting with you and seeing all of you uh, next time. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your mom and dad. Am I going this way, bro? Yeah. You're going that way. Oh. All right, bro. Love you. Love you, man. We'll check you all next time.